chapter 9. I love Isaiah chapter 9. It has so much to say, and it seems like the only time we really look at it is, is Christmas time. But I'm thinking a lot about Christmas. I've been trying not to get annoyed by the commercials. Uh, I mean, do people really give, like, a Lexus as a Christmas present? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and then you could buy really big bows to go on them, which is crazy. But... Um, you know, the the I had to watch a lot of TV in my uh, uh, appendicitis recovery, and so I am pretty much just sick of all the all the hype already, all the songs, all the commercials, all the everything. I'm tired of it. Um, but I, I'm definitely not tired of the story. Um, and so I've been thinking about it a lot this week, and and really just trying to say, okay, you know, how how do we approach Christmas this year at the ring, and um. The idea that that God just kept bringing back into my mind, to my heart, was the the concept of, of longing, and how the entire Old Testament is basically just hundreds of years of longing for Christmas. And so, of course, I have to go back in my mind and think about when I was young. Like, I mean, I was like a Christmas freak, you know, like. I like could not wait for Christmas, um, for Christmas Day. All right, it wasn't like the Christmas season and family and the songs and it was not. No, no, it was Christmas Day. Like that was the arrival point for me. And and I, you know, I I'm old school sort of, and we didn't have much to go on when it came to like stuff to get us ready for Christmas. We didn't have like, you know, the internet and like all this like fancy stuff we had basically three three modes of getting pumped up for christmas when it came to toys one was the, a trip to toys r us which never happened um because there were three boys in my family and i didn't understand it then i definitely understand it now uh we just never went to the toy store um but every now and then like for some uh, fluke of a reason we would end up there and that was that's how you knew what was out there part of it the second way was the commercials between the cartoons, and I love Christmas time because, like, the cartoons got the cartoons were cartoons, right? But the commercials was when they started releasing all the new like GI Joe stuff and all that, and I was a complete sucker for commercials. Like, anything I saw, like that was it. I had to have it. So I was the kid that every time a commercial came on, I'd run and tell my mom, "Okay, Christmas time." This is what I want, totally. And then I'd see another commercial. You know, I've just changed my mind constantly, back and forth, back and forth. But probably the biggest thing for in our family was the arrival of the JCPenney catalog. Anybody? All right. JCPenney, Sears, they released this, this big fat daddy catalog, all right? And now, like, yeah, there's the website and all this kind of stuff, whatever. This catalog would come in the mail, and... I mean, I, I I never really fought with my brothers very much, but we would fight over that. Um, and I would come, I would look at it three or four times a day as if something new was going to just appear on the pages, you know? Like when you go to the refrigerator like the fifth time and there's just still nothing there and you just hope. I'd just look at it 
and look at it and look at it. And I would circle stuff, you know, and I would, um, when I had to make my Santa Claus list, I would verbatim copy out of the catalog, like the model numbers and the color dye numbers, you know, everything. Like it was just ridiculous. And we would just, there's no telling how much money my parents saved on actual toys by just throwing us a catalog and letting us look at it. It was just insane. But that just made it so much worse because it would, it would come, and you'd still have like five or six weeks before Christmas would come, I guess. Maybe my mom just waited to give it to us. I don't know. But um, So for weeks, you're just looking at that stuff, and you're looking at that stuff, and you're looking at that stuff. And the closer it gets to Christmas, like, you know, there's more songs, and there's more, like, people putting lights up, and there's just, just so much of that that the, there was just this longing where it's almost like I, I, I don't know if I can wait three more days, you know. And you see that in a lot of, a lot of situations. You, you look at a couple that's, like, going to get married, and they're just, like, about to die. Like, it's just, I, it can't get here fast enough, you know. Um, some of you who are students are probably just, you think graduation, like, there's no way it can get here fast enough at all. Like, you just, you long for that, you know, to happen. There's just so much in life where we are just, you're longing almost to the point of, like, it has, like, a physical reaction on you sometimes, you know. And so longing for Christmas is something that, that I've experienced every year of my life that I, that I can remember. And, yeah, I don't get real, you know, geeked out about the catalogs anymore or whatever, but there's still just this, like, like man, you just anticipate it. You know, there's so much just expectancy and everything. But as much as any of us have ever longed for Christmas Day to finally get here, as an adult or as a child, as much as we've ever longed for that, it it pales in comparison to the longing of Old Testament Jews. There's no, it's it just it's so like incomparable. For hundreds of years they longed for Christmas day. You know. They could not wait for Messiah to be born to come to the to come to the earth. And to save them in Isaiah chapter nine, like we see a, a part of like what like had them so like jazzed up. Um, look at verse six. It's for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And you read that, and to kind of crawl into the mind of what it meant to be a Hebrew, I mean, they had been through, they had been through it all. Um, they're just, uh, they've been slaves and they had been rescued and they, God had made them into warriors and he brought them to the promised land and built them, for, went from like this random people into tribes and into this kingdom. Then the kingdom divided. And then these bad guys came in and like, they were all exiled and they were scattered out everywhere. And then, um, things worked out and some of them were able to come back and then they rebuilt with Ezra and Nehemiah and they rebuilt and, um, they rebuilt the temple and everything, and, like, everything was cool. And then um, then for, like, 400 years, there was just nothing. 
between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're like 400 years. And so, like, for generations, I mean, they were passing on um, through Alexander the Great coming in and the Hellenization of the whole area and back and forth and all these kind of, of, of issues. 400 years of no, like, no prophets. Nobody's really hearing from God anymore. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of parents teaching their kids the Messiah is going to come, and this is what describes him. And you can read that, and I read that, and I'm like, yeah, no wonder they thought he was going to be this, like, military, like, ruler, you know, this governmental, like, guy, you know, whatever. No wonder they kind of thought that. So they pass it on from generation to generation. There's just this longing that everything that we've been through, there is a day that is coming where all of that is going to change. Everything is going to be fixed. Everything is going to be better. And to to be a people that were, were, you just never knew when someone else was going to come in and conquer you and make you leave and like tear all your houses down and all this kind of stuff and your whole world's going to be turned upside down. You have a whole history that's just so insecure and full of fear and all this kind of stuff. Plus they're trying to carry out this, you know, the, the law to be, um, have their sins atoned for and they were having to make all these sacrifices and and, and that was just never ending because they kept having to do that over and over and over again. I mean, there was just so much to it. And for hundreds of years, they longed for Christmas. And what's awesome is that when Jesus was born, everything was fine. Like everything was, was better. All the fears, all the their concerns, all everything that was going around, everything that 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 parents had taught their kids, who then taught their kids, and who taught their kids for hundreds of years, everything that was out there, everything was fine. As soon as he was born, just his presence on the earth meant all those promises were going to come true. That that wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, that leader is here among us. Everything is fine. And when you look at the, the Bible, like from that bird's eye view of hundreds of years of longing all throughout the Old Testament, and then in one moment when Jesus was born, all that pushed aside. It's pretty cool. It makes the incarnation the uh, you know the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us, God Himself, Emmanuel. I mean, it makes all that really, really significant when you look at how much they longed for that, and what what the Messiah meant to them. Not only as like someone's going to take our problems away, but I mean the fulfillment of a, of a promise. You ever held on to a promise just for a long, long, long time, and you just wonder like, does God care? Is he? Did he even say that? Is he even real? I mean, whatever. Imagine to be around during that time when the Messiah was born, to be Zechariah, who God said, you will not die until you, you, like, you'll get to see the baby before you die. For him to know that everything that his people had been through and everything he had been through was all worth it. Of course, then he knew he was about to die, which is kind of weird. And so, but when we look at it through that lens, and you think about, God's redemptive plan for the earth is is rolling ahead. Abundant life is now here. 
the kingdom of God is now available to everyone. All those descriptions, um, wonderful, counselor, available to, to you. Mighty God, available. Everlasting Father, yours. Prince of Peace, presiding over your life. I mean, it's huge. And so I was thinking about that, all that, that, all that. And how much it must have, must have just satisfied that longing, the way that my entire life, Christmas Day, has just been like, yes, this is what I was waiting for. This is awesome. But Christmas had this, has this weird effect because the day after Christmas, you're kind of like, man, now i got to long for a long time. And Christmas is never farther away than it is that day. And it's kind of weird. And it's kind of like when you graduate and you're like, all right, guess what? Now i got to get a job. Great. I was thinking about all that. And I don't know if this is something that, that God necessarily showed me just about me, but I, I try to never bring things up here that are just for me. Hey, y'all, let me tell you what I learned this week. That's not what this, that's not what, that's not my role. So I, I think it, it goes beyond just me, but I know this is something that I tend to do. With all that longing from the Old Testament, and here's Jesus, and, and everything is fine. Everything is different. Like the song said, we will never be the same. Nothing will ever be the same. For some reason, I think a lot of us still live with a longing. There's just this longing that we have. And, and I don't understand why that is for me. Because I can, I can read this, and I can understand this, and I'm like, yes, everything is, like, just the presence of Jesus makes sense of everything. Everything is fine. Every, and I, that's, I understand that. But it's almost like when I get home, I go back to longing. Almost like, what, what do I possibly have to long for? Let me see if I, if I can explain it a little bit using using verse six. There's a debate if it's wonderful counselor or wonderful comma counselor. All right, either way, take wonderful, meaning supernatural, miraculous, just completely like indescribable, mind blowing, just all the things that about God how He just kind of makes our brain hurt when you start thinking about it. I think sometimes, you know, we're just like, man, you know, I just, I don't really have any, like, I don't feel like I have a relationship with God, or I'm just really not feeling it anymore. I can't get into, I go to church, I can't get into the music, I can't get into the, the sermon. I don't really want to read the Bible. I just kind of lost it. And what we're doing is we're longing for something when we have him, which makes no sense. So I must wonder if, if God's like, hey, 
wonderful. Not me, but him pointing to himself. Like, hey, what? So you're not feeling it? All right, tell you what. Take like 10 seconds and think about me. I'm wonderful. Stop longing for all this stuff and realize that you have him. He's he's here. He's in this room. He's in our hearts. He's alive, and he is a part of everything that we do. There's no reason that we should just, oh, not, I'm not kind of not feeling it. But a lot of times we get pushed around by our emotions so much. If we're not feeling it, we're just like, oh, well, yeah, whatever. I'm just, I'm in the valley. I think Jesus is like, no, 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 no. There is no valley because of me. There's no valley anymore. I know we have ups and downs, and I'm not saying that you're not allowed to be down. I'm just saying, like, I mean, come on. I know I get down. I think that when I'm down, I think God is there with me. But a part of of him getting me through that is refocusing on him and realizing that because of him, everything is okay. Take counselor. I think sometimes we're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my life. I, I don't I don't have any purpose. Um, I, I mean, Oprah said to buy this book called The Secret. Maybe that's where it is, you know. Maybe Joel Osteen will help me buy his book. We struggle with direction and feeling worth and all this kind of stuff, whatever. And I think Jesus is like, hello. There is no more, like, I'm the wonderful, miraculous, mind-blowing counselor. So that's what I'm here to do. Old Testament, they were worried about their future, and they didn't know what to do, and they were full of fear and religion and all this kind of stuff. But I am here now. You don't have to live like that. But yet so much we long, even though we have him. The next thing, mighty God. A lot of times in this situation, like I talked about with Martha, it's like I, there's, there's just no fixing some of this, you know. Lots of situations that are out there, we're just like, I like this is. I'm just gonna have to accept it. This is just the way that it's going to be. And so we long for situations to maybe change. We kind of long for, you know. Well, I guess I just accept the fact it's gonna the way it's gonna be. When the whole thing is Christmas Day means that mighty God, that we have access to him. Because he is here in all his might and all his strength and all his character, that the things that we go through are not outside of his control. So why do we long for all these other things? We long to see this change and all these, like, whatever's when the whole time I think Jesus is just saying, like, hey, that's what I'm here for. The next one, Everlasting Father. We could spend a lot of time talking about that. You ever struggle to feel loved, to feel important? You get caught up in the fact that we have to earn people's love. But if you do something, you're going to lose that love. Search for things to make you secure 
you know, in your job or in what you drive or in what you do or in how you dress or whatever. You struggle with those secure security issues and 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 your feelings of worth go up and down based on what other people tell you or what other people have or what they say or what they do or what they don't do. Let's face it, we're all pretty much about as insecure as it gets. And we hide it well, but we battle it. And so we long for the approval of people and we long for you know, to look better or live better or whatever. We long for all these things when the whole time I really believe that Jesus is saying, I'm the, your everlasting Father, eternal. It never runs out. Your worth and your value is determined by me. And I think you look great. I think that you're funny. I think that you're cool. Stop longing for all this stuff that doesn't matter. You have the only thing that matters, and that is me. The last one, Prince of Peace. I mean, the the idea that he would be the ruler of peace. There are a lot of times where I look at that and I'm like, I need the Prince of Peace to show up in my life right now. Jesus says, you know what? That's exactly what I came here to do. There are other times where I long for peace, and I look to a whole bunch of other stuff to try to bring me peace. Whether it's my own solutions to things or or the counsel of other people ahead of him or all this kind of stuff, and I'm I'm longing, and it's 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 almost like like I've just got my like my head just buried, and the whole time Jesus is just standing there, and he's like, no, 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 no. Everything is okay because I'm here. It's so simple. So simple. Remember when I was young, and um, anytime I would get scared, uh, two things would comfort me. One was the presence of one of my parents, the other was light. If I was in my room and it was really dark and I was like, for some reason, was just flipping out about something. If I turn on a light, I got a whole lot better. And it's so interesting to me that Jesus described as a father and also described as the light of the world. I wonder how much those two things connect. And I wonder if if he just really just wants us to get our head buried out of the sand and to just look at him. See, that's the celebration of of Christmas. Because all that longing for them had come to an end. And it is insane for us to live and to long for all this stuff when the only thing we ever need, we already have. It's, It's about him. And so you may be here tonight, you may look at those descriptions of the Messiah, and you may may say, "I, I need the wonderful counselor to show up tonight. I need to see mighty God show off. I need the everlasting Father to remind me 
of who I am in his sight. I need the Prince of Peace to rule over my situations in my life. Let me read this to you. And I'm done. I I really like song lyrics a lot. I put some lyrics here. The uh, the the Christmas song, um, the first verse of this one is, "O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom ransom captive Israel." That mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel. The beginning of this other hymn says, Come, thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. I like that. Let us find our rest in thee. When Jesus, and I've said this before, when he said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He was talking to these people who were worn out. From trying to keep the law, from worried about their future, and greatly in part from longing for that Messiah. And he was telling them, like, no, 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 I am here. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. He was saying, everything's going to be all right. This... Next song I want to read to you, and I promise you I'm through, by a guy named Kevin Smith. It says, Who are we here on earth to be celebrating such a sacred birth? I don't really know the next part because I can't understand it. I think it says, Silent long in our pain, yet you come in person bringing peace again. We could not imagine, much less know, that our God loved us so much to stoop so low. With all you've done, still it's a surprise. We can see it now in your infant eyes. We can see it now in your eyes. He does the chorus three times. It says, tonight, tonight, the Lord has come tonight. In the dark, we have seen a great light. Lay all your self-concern aside. This baby takes away our pride tonight. Tonight, tonight, the Lord has come tonight. I love this. Bring out your family. Everything's all right. Leave all your inhibitions here. This baby takes away our fears tonight. And the last one. Tonight, tonight, the Lord has come tonight. And I don't understand the next line either. And these ten fingers, I think it says all of heaven's plight. Listen to this. So dance and shout and ruin your voice. This baby cries and we rejoice tonight. I think he just captures it. That that's what celebrating Christmas is so much about. I mean, dance and shout and ruin your voice. Everything is great because he is here. doesn't mean you never have problems or bad days or struggles. But all of those problems and bad days and struggles are interpreted differently in light of his presence 
and who he is and what he's come to do. Let's be responsible with that. Let's pray.